What better way to start your morning every weekday with all the latest news from around Middle Tennessee with Big Joe Dubin. It's Joe Dubin. That's right. Uh, him and Justin each weekday at 7 a.m. The most up-to-date news and more from around the entire Mid-State. It's Mornings on Main Street with Big Joe Dubin, 7 a.m. Right here at all of our Main Street social media platforms. Back to Chris and Mo. Mo, you know, we talked earlier last week, I believe, about the SEC basketball tournament being in Tampa, and it's unfortunate because Tampa does, doesn't seem like it's in the footprint. But there's a reason it doesn't seem like it's in the because it's not. There we go. But this week, the women's basketball tournament will start, and it is right here in Nashville. Definitely in the footprint. Right in the middle of the footprint. And here's the great thing about it is, I guess two years ago, I think that the tournament was was held here, and it was an electric atmosphere downtown. I, I remember I was doing, uh, that's back when I was doing karaoke on Tuesday nights, uh, running the show at, at AJ's good time bar and grill on Broadway. And it was just really awesome to see the different fans come in. They've all got their, their team gear on and all having a good time after the games, before the games, just it's it's really cool to see those fan bases who are passionate about women's basketball, especially in the Southeastern Conference because it's so good. Seeing them here and having a great time in downtown Nashville, I'm super excited about it. It does start tomorrow, and uh, we uh, we get to talk about it. Absolutely. We get to talk about it with Teresa Walker, who is, you know, simply the best. She joins us now on the phone lines. We still do phone lines around here. I guess technically you're doing it on a, are, are, are you still calling them via Google Voice? Yeah, it's a so it's, form of phone. It, it's it's something she, like She's it. on her she's phone. She's probably on the phone, yeah. She's on the phone. Teresa, how are you? I am good, and I am on my phone, so that is for there sure. There you go. There we go. So, so joining us on her phone is... Teresa Walker of the Associated Press. Um, I assume you will be posted up in Bridgestone Arena for the for the duration, Teresa. Uh, well, I'm I'm not going to be there for tomorrow's games, uh, but I will be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Slacker. Let's see. I mean, Alabama, Auburn, and. Texas A&M Vanderbilt deserve your presence as well, Teresa. Uh, Mo, they do, and I'm sure that they would love to have me there. But can I just say, you, you know, I've got the whole state. You know, I'm not like Jesus with the whole world in my hand, but I got the whole state of Tennessee when it comes to sports in my hand. Well, don't yeah, worry because we're we're, we're going to get to some state. other portions of in the state before we let you go. But um, thank you. you you know, Tennessee and LSU played Saturday, uh, Sunday, excuse me. Um, Tennessee drops a 57-54 decision there, and I'm not sure what it cost them, really, because the LSU wind up getting the number two seed, Tennessee's the three. I mean, otherwise, maybe it would have been flipped. Um, 
still, if seeds hold, they're going to meet in the semifinals. So um, the fact that Tennessee was able to pull down one of those top four seeds and get the double bye, basically, I, I think was a pretty big feat, especially if you ask Chris Yao, who is of the I was gonna thought ask process her that she Tennessee has overachieved this season. See, I wanted to get well, my confirmation, Mo. No, well, there we well, go. I, here's the thing: I know that Lady Vol fans are probably disappointed. I mean, you know, it, it was just a few weeks ago that you know the NCAA tournament brackets were, you know, the 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 projections were for Tennessee to be a number one seed, and you know, suddenly they're number eighteen overall in the new uh, AP Top Twenty Five poll that came out yesterday. Uh, but when you look at the the losses, I mean. You know, the, when, when they lost Jordan Horston, I mean, that was just a, a knife to the gut because, you know, you've already lost, you know, uh, was it Suarez who, you know, hasn't even played this year. Uh, you know, Ray Burrell missed the first 12 games. And then you had, uh, was it Ken Green who, you know, had an injury to end her season. And then Horston, I, I, I once took a fall onto my elbow, luckily just kind of dislocated it a little bit, but to fracture and dislocate an elbow, I can't even imagine how that feels. So it's like, and, and she's your leading scorer. I mean, she's the one who was kind of, you know, carrying the heavy load through, you know, through everything else. And then you've lost her. So the fact that they may, I know that the fans were not happy at the way they, you know, Tennessee fell behind on, on, sun, on yeah, Sunday, trying to keep track of the days here. But, uh, you know, the fact that they were able to come back with a 13-1 run and, have a chance to make a bucket at the end to, you know, force overtime or, you know, maybe get the, that was impressive. So that tells me that this team isn't going to quit. So, you know, we'll see what happens. They get a, you know, if things go by chalk, then they have another chance against LSU on Saturday night after, you know, South Carolina and Ole Miss presumably might play. So, you know, to, to get to the semifinals, I know that championships are what the Lady Balls are expecting, but in this season, to have a chance to be in that semifinal and be playing and, and positioning yourself for a good seed in the NCAA tournament, that's not a bad place to start for this year. You're not telling me. Hey, preaching to the choir over here. I, I feel like this team, especially after Washington and Green went down, this was, this was a team that anything they do from this point on, anything they achieve is going to be an overachievement in my opinion. And I'm not mad at them for losing against LSU. I'm not going to be mad at them if they lose in the semifinals of this tournament. Now I'd probably be mad if they lost Alabama again, but <laughs> I'd be like, that, that's a team you got to beat. But this, this SEC tournament, we, you have to remember, this is one of the deepest conferences in women's basketball. Well, that's the thing. Think about it. Ken Mulkey comes over from Baylor, and, you know, LSU was picked to finish eight. They won nine games last year. And, oh, what have they done? Hmm. They just matched one of the, you know, biggest turnarounds, you know, ever. I mean, you know, Kim, Kim Mulkey once uh, had a 12-and-a-half game turnaround at Baylor. Well, they've got a 12-and-a-half game turnaround at this moment. And, oh, yeah, postseason to add to that. So, uh, it, you know, what she's done, I mean, people, when, when she was announced as LSU's coach, I think people were kind of – this right it's like oh goodness there goes the neighborhood just keeps getting tougher um and you know that's that's where the sec has always been now for sec fans the thing that maybe hurts a little bit is you know you look at that top 25 and yes there's south carolina right there at the top and lsu's at six and then you kind of have to scroll down a little bit to get to 
number 18, Tennessee, and then Florida's at 23, Georgia's at 24. Um, and, and that's the thing, you know, you kind of, this league is used to having four or five teams ranked, not just in the top 25, but top 15. So, you know, maybe parity is taking its, its effect for sure. Uh, because goodness, I, you're competing in the SEC. It's never been easy and it never will be. Speaking with Teresa Walker of the Associated Press as we um, get ready for the Southeastern Conference Women's Basketball Tournament that starts tomorrow with a couple of, for lack of a better phrase, play-in games down at Bridgestone Arena. You've got um, 13 seed Vanderbilt and number 12 seed Texas A&M at 11 a.m. in what could be Gary Blair's last game. And that is followed by number 11, Alabama, and number 14, Auburn. Those are the only two games on Wednesday. Thursday slate starts at noon with number nine seed Missouri and number eight Arkansas. All these games are on the SEC network, by the way, up until the semifinals. Um, The second game of the day has the A&M Vandy winner against number five seed Florida. Uh, seven seed Kentucky and number 10 seed Mississippi State at six. And following that, you've got the Alabama-Auburn winner against number six, Georgia. Uh, your four seed, uh, your top four seeds are South Carolina, LSU, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. And I'll say all that to say this, Teresa. The job that Yolette McCune has done down at Ole Miss, getting that team to a top four seed in her what? Fourth year over there after going nine and twenty-two or first year, seven and twenty-three or second year, and fifteen and twelve this year. Uh last year, I'm sorry. Getting to twenty-two and seven, and again that number four seed. I I'm not sure that anybody expected that out of them this year. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you expect Kim Mulkey to go in and do what she's done because she's got the you know, the pelts on the wall, so to speak, you know, with the championships, et cetera, and NCA tournament uh birth. But to go into Ole Miss, and yes, Ole Miss has a great history, um, but you know it, it can be tough. Again, we were just talking about this conference, right? To get at that kind of turnaround in this conference, uh, I mean, Texas A&M was a team that was predicted to, and Kentucky were supposed to be top four seeds this year, and no, that didn't happen. Um, you know, and, and Ole Miss is the team that surprised to get up there along with LSU. So it's impressive to see what you know she has done. Because, you know, let's face it, patience is getting thinner in women's basketball because, you know, ADs are expecting more. Maybe not, you know, it takes some schools longer to make changes than others. Not going to say Vanderbilt. Um, But, you know, credit Candace Lee, she's made a great move with Shea Ralph. You know, but, you know, what she's done at Ole Miss, it's impressive. And, you know, hey, I know that, uh, you know, they, they, that's the thing. As much as LSU and Tennessee could have a rematch on Saturday, so could uh, Ole Miss and, and, and South Carolina. Now, South Carolina has, uh, you know, their center back, six foot seven center, goodness, who did not play Sunday. You know, if she's back, then maybe it's not a very close game. But, you know, I'm curious to see what Ole Miss could do with a week of difference, you know, and see, you know, you've seen the number one team in the country. You've seen the number one seed. You know, does that help at all? on a neutral court. So um, I- I'm curious to see what happens. And, and, and more importantly, I'm curious to see what teams like her, you know, her team, what these SEC teams do in the NCAA tournament. Because, you know, again, it's, it's nice that, S- that South Carolina has been carrying the mantle for this league. 
But uh, it is time for the rest of the teams in this league to step up. And, you know, she's got a team that absolutely can help, you know, reestablish this league uh, in that tournament. Charlie Cream of ESPN um, released their projections, I think, um, earlier this week. And I was intrigued by the top four seeds in the Bridgeport region uh, where UConn has resided for pretty much as long as they've been playing regionals at Bridgeport. But it's NC State, Iowa State, Maryland, and Tennessee. And I guess because UConn is a number three this time around, they couldn't really justify putting them in Bridgeport. So they are projected to Greensboro as a number three behind South Carolina and Michigan and ahead of Oklahoma. So you're finally actually seeing some neutral floors as we advance toward the final four on the women's side. And it's kind of been a long time coming. Oh, it absolutely has. And and that's the thing. I mean, the big joke on the men's side is, you know, getting Duke outside of North Carolina to start a tournament, right? Well, you know, and, and UConn, with their success, has certainly earned that ability to do that. But with uh, Paige Beckers having missed so much of this season with her injury, you know, it's kind of tough to shoehorn, you know, and, and, and bump up Connecticut, you know, to try and give them that opportunity. So, you know, but they don't, you know, that's, that's going to be the thing. They've already did for that. And now they're going to, if they've in, if that's the teams that end up playing there, uh, it's going to be very interesting. You know, because it's anything could go coming out of that region. And if I'm if I'm the Tennessee Lady Vols and I, that's where I end up going, I got to feel really good about that opportunity because you know, you've got you've got a couple players on your roster who you know have played up there, you know, in that area and and, and familiar certainly with uh, Connecticut. So not the team, but the state. So I, I think it's wonderful because you know for all the talk about trying to you know get toward equality. You know, this is the next step that has to happen. Now, I'm really curious, Mo, uh, about seeing the attendance. You know, will will people in Connecticut show up if the Huskies aren't playing? That'll be a huge test because, you know, we've seen it in this state. You know, Tennessee Lady Ball fans turn out, you know, even when their team's somewhere else, if they can't travel. You know, will Husky fans do that as well? I did mean, I did see in the, uh, uh, the ESPN Bracketology, that Tennessee is listed as a four seed in the Knoxville uh, bracket in the first round, potentially could play 12-seeded Kentucky, who is matched up against fifth-seed Notre Dame, except that in the College Park region, Kentucky is an 11-seed as well. So they're in the tournament twice, according to Joe Lenardi. They're pretty good. That's that's, that's impressive. Or I'm sorry, Charlie Cram. Yeah, yeah. Not Joe Lenardi. I was thinking men's. But no. – they're pretty good. They're going to have two teams. <laughs> They're just going to play two They're teams. going to have an 11 seed and a 12 seed. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was interesting. So, but but yeah, Spokane, Tennessee to Spokane would certainly be something. Well, and that's the thing, guys. I mean, I know that uh, Charlie and Joe already usually get their projections pretty on point. But, you know, as sometimes we just all need a little caffeine. Don't we all? I, especially, <laughs> I mean – these these poor bracketologists this time of year, man, just forget it. <sighs> I'll tell you who didn't need any caffeine last night. Ja Morant. I was following along your your tweets, Teresa, and boy, you kept me you kept me on my feet, on my toes. And apparently he did he kept you well, on your toes. Well, and that's the thing. That was you know, watching this guy is fun regardless. 
But at a certain point in that game, his teammates understood what could happen in that game, and they were feeding him the ball. And, you know, this guy leads the NBA in points in the paint, right? And he is scoring in the paint at the rate that guys like Shaq, uh, Amari Stoudemire, uh, you know, guys who are 6'10 and up. I mean, Zion's done it, but he's 6'6", you know, and he's a big guy. We're still waiting to see him again on the floor. But he's putting up numbers, you know, that are just stellar. So he comes off a game where he's already set, you know, a, a career record, you know, high with 46 points. And then he comes into this game, and they're just feeding him 13 straight points at one stretch. Uh, the two highlights, you know, well, shoot, you could have picked a handful of highlights, you know, when he gets the 52 points, when he hit a three from the logo. Uh, my two favorites are the ones that Sports Center went to really quickly last night. And here's the thing Memphis or a team from the state of Tennessee, period, getting that quick of an eyeball on, on, on Sports Center is impressive and rare. And he was there for the, uh, for, for the dunks going over the seven-footer, Jacob Pertle, or however you say his name, and just, you know, posterizing him. And then at the end of the first half, give Stephen Adams credit. I mean, you know, guys at Memphis fans were, oh, that was, Ryan Cannyhill wishes he could be as on point with some of his passes because he throws that from the end line to the other end line, and Josh catches it in air and hits nothing but net to beat the buzzer, 0.4 seconds. If he doesn't just catch and shoot off of a throw that was on point, then it's just, a, oh, they're, they're, the, the half's over, forget it. Instead, you know, he's standing there with his arms raised and his teammates are going nuts. And then in the, that, that third and fourth quarter, when he finished the third quarter with 39 points, his teammates knew that they could get him to 50. And they were feeding him the ball and He's slicing through the you know the paint. I mean, you had Greg Popovich saying afterwards that he wished he had a camera, that it was a special night and he's a special player. Greg Popovich, you might be wishing maybe the U.S. had taken him on the Olympic team last year to Japan, but I think Grizzlies fans are happy because guess what? He he worked in the dark and got himself to the hop that that kid has got. You know, the ability to get up high, it's just it's just kind of stunning. And when you look at that picture, the still of the picture of him catching and shooting, uh, he is up. His waist is at the head level of the ref that's behind the play. Uh, I mean, it's just how he gets that high is insane. And I talked to him and his dad in college when he said his dad had him, you know, training on truck tires to, to get that, you know, to get that uh, vertical in his abilities. And it's like, it's just Guys, it's fun to watch. And now they're a game behind Golden State for number two, not just in the West, but in the NBA. Um, this is a team that I am expecting to keep me very busy this spring. I'm excited to hear that because I'm, I, I, I want to see them. I want to read about them. I want to hear about them. I cannot believe the Memphis Grizzlies have me excited about the NBA. Go figure. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press, thanks so much for taking some time. We will see you uh, soon in the in the papers, but not the funny side in the sports side. That sounds good. (laughs) All right. When we come back, it's top five Tuesday, top five sports books turned to the screen right after this.